did you learn anything about yourself in that conversation? No, I, well, listen, I, I do think it's pretty fascinating. The astrology inner Enneagram dynamic, all of these different modalities coming together and forming a human. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I learned that I'm kind of, I'm like all of us complex. I'm a nine laid back. I'm like the peacekeeper the merger. I try to avoid conflict at all costs, but I'm also a Virgo, which I feel like is just like this very structured, scheduled, Mm -hmm. charge ahead person. And those two things just feel very different to me. Do you like all my hand motions? I do. I would be using my hand motions, but my computer's about ready to fall off my back. Okay. What about you? Did you learn anything about yourself? I learned, I think, I feel like I fight that I'm a three, even though I very much do identify as a three. So when I hear other things, I'm like, oh, wait, no, but I'm the enthusiast or I'm the peacekeeper, but you can't fight it. Right. It's like your horoscope is your horoscope. Like your sign is your sign. Like I'm a cancer and there's no way that my sign is going to change, except for they did change the signs. Did you see that? Like the campaign no. got extended. Oh no, I didn't know that. When did that happen? They can't just do that, can they? I, might have, I don't know. I might have made that up. Maybe it was on the onion. But I thought that they changed like the line between Cancer and Leo. That might be fake news. So nobody take that seriously. <laughs> but I thought I did hear it. Okay. When so when I don't know. recently? Maybe Yeah. Well, now I'm gonna have to look it up, Katie. <laughs> Let's see horoscope <laughs> new star signs impact oh yeah cody kodiak zodiac signs shift 2023 new star signs impact let's see here well that wouldn't mean that you changed though would it It would maybe for new babies new souls or what um, probably well i don't know astrology fans you've been reading the wrong star sign all this time this is what your zodiac sign means now Boom, boom, boom. Oh boy, this changes everything. It's a three minute read article. I'll summarize it for you. It's official. Okay. The stars have shifted and your horoscope might not even be what you think it is. Apparently on top of that, NASA has added a brand new Zodiac sign to the mix. What? This is blowing my mind marbles. We should have asked. We should have asked Gina about this, who was our guest that we haven't even introduced yet. But Gina Gomez was our guest on the podcast, and they'll get to know more about what she does. Um, she's a relationship and breakup coach. We talked to her about Enneagram and relationships. We should have asked her about, I'm trying to find what the new, oh my gosh, Katie. What? Okay. The new, do you know, yeah. I'm a, I'm a different sign now then. Well, okay. So how many signs do you think there are? Well, I don't know. One. Yeah. So there's a 13th and it's off, off I'm saying that wrong. Off. It is Latin for serpent bearer. Wait, we should have done our research on this. Do not, we are not experts on this at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. this is too much. If anyone knows anything about this, let's come back to this. We're going to park it. If anyone knows anything about this, we'd love to have you on the podcast to talk about horoscopes, astrology signs. And Gina, we probably should have asked you about this, but I didn't know she was as into horoscope and astrology as she was. Yeah. Maybe she'll want to come back on and give us the lowdown on the hoedown. Okay. What I also loved though about our conversation is that she talked a lot more about like how these different numbers show up. Um, I learned that these are like beyond a personality system, like what we do, why we do it, what we're motivated by, and then how we show up in relationships, which ones have, you asked this question, which ones have an easier time letting go, um, which ones have a more difficult time. Um, And then she has a really cool book that will help people with knowing kind of how their numbers show up in their work, um, in their friendships and in their family. So I actually did, I took a lot of notes. I thought it was a very interesting conversation. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm so glad that she came on. I think 
the other thing that I really liked is she talked about relationships. And so specifically she talks about when she coaches or works with people, it's, you know, getting out of a relationship or preparing yourself to get into a relationship. Uh, And just thinking about like, relationships don't always have to end in toxicity. And so I know that I would have loved when I was going through relationships and ending them and they're fizzling out to work with someone and, you know, to know like when she gives a really great. So if someone is thinking about whether they should be reinvesting themselves in the relationship or whether they should be like cutting that relationship and cutting ties, um, she gives a really good scenario. So if someone right now is like, I don't know if I should be still invested in this relationship or if I should end it, I think they'll find that she's really helpful in that area too. Yeah. It's interesting. She makes the point that we don't learn how to go through breakups. We're often talking about like the beginning of relationship and how to keep a relationship healthy, but the breaking up part is something that we just don't learn about. And so she gets, she works with people with their number, which is really has a Mm -hmm. specific path maybe to how to best navigate a breakup. So I think it's, it's a really interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. And of course, again, I don't know how, I feel like we've had several conversations in a row that talk about the importance of taking up space. So I think that I don't, I'm really excited for our community to hear this conversation and, you know, without further ado, here is Gina Gomez. Hey, Womeness, and welcome. I'm Genevieve Nutting, the founder of Womeness Community and host of the Womeness Podcast. And I'm so pumped you're here. My team and I have created this space for women as like you to feel seen, heard, and empowered. Each week, we'll launch a fresh episode with resources, stories from women as, and tools related to mindfulness, movement, and community. More than just a podcast, this is your weekly source of energy and connection with the many inspiring and relatable voices of women as. In a world where we are constantly on the go, let this be your landing space where we can slow down and come together. This is the Womeness Podcast. Well, Gina, thank you so much for being here today. I know our whole team, actually, we keep referring to you as like the Enneagram goddess. We're very excited to have you on our podcast. Um, For those who maybe aren't familiar with you, would you mind giving just a brief little introduction? Sure. So my name is Gina Gomez. I'm a breakup and relationship coach and also the author of The Enneagram and You. Awesome. And so with this, I was looking at your, I, it's always when we have guests on, I feel like I do like a deep dive search on them and looking at The Enneagram and You. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? This is the book that you wrote. When did you write it? So I was contracted to write it in 2019. Um, and it came out just as the pandemic started in March, 2020. Um, but right when it started, yeah. yeah, right when it came out. So like the book tour was canceled, like it was bittersweet. It was very, very bittersweet, but, um, yeah, the book is a great introductory book for anyone wanting to understand what the Enneagram is and, um, themselves. It gives a great overview of all the nine different types, And it also goes into three chapters of how the types are in relation to the other types, whether that's in like family, friends, um, romantic relationships, and also at work. For anybody who doesn't really know what the Enneagram is, you just give a real brief description of what, what it is. Yeah, so the the Enneagram is an old, ancient, it has actually esoteric roots, um, but it was modernized in the 60s, I believe, and it has psychological roots. So uh, it's a personality system. Some like to call it that. Um, And it's similar to like Myers-Briggs, like the MBTI. Uh, But I think what sets it apart is that it doesn't just tell you um, like a set of characteristics, but it tells you why you do what you do, like what you're motivated by. So that's kind of it in a little nutshell. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to know how you first got involved in the Enneagram, like what drove you into this line of work? Um, I discovered the Enneagram, um, gosh, a long time ago. I was actually in Italy at the time, 
and I was going through a breakup <laughs> and uh, I think I was like ready to understand like, why do I keep finding myself in this situation? And I um, talked to a therapist who was there and he's actually the one who introduced me to it. And then ever since then, it was like a deep rabbit hole dive <laughs> into uh, just understanding how it worked. And um, yeah, and then I just never stopped learning about it. I feel like the Enneagram is something that people just love to take the test online. And then <laughs> they, they talk about it at their next happy hour. But I've been doing the deep dive too. And I actually brought it up to my husband a couple of weeks ago and we were just able to have such a profound conversation and a meeting of like we've been married for 10 years but this mm -hmm. conversation about the Enneagram and our different types he's a one a perfectionist and I'm a nine a peacemaker mm -hmm. peacekeeper yeah. and it just it kind of blew our minds how we've been kind of walking through our journey as a couple Mm -hmm. and not understanding these very big parts of our personality. So, so yeah. it's been a really, it's been a really cool experience for us. That's awesome. So Genevieve, what is your, what's your type? I am a, a very strong three. Okay. A very strong three. <laughs> very strong three. I think when I took one, it like shows you what your wings are. It was like a very small percentage of the wing. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Jenna? I am a type two. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense then. So you like to help people and did you, <laughs> or would you, what, how would you, I, so here's what I find interesting. Sometimes people take these and they look at the numbers beforehand and they feel like, well, I identify as this, but yet when I take a test, it identifies as me as this. Do you find that to be true when you're working with people or? Oh yeah, for sure. I think a lot of women, for example, will type themselves as a two or a nine. It's like the kind of like the default um, because yeah. of all the societal conditioning that women have <laughs> to be like the giver, helpful, sweet, kind, like all these things. Um, but that's what it's so interesting with the Enneagram to dig deeper and realize like, why am I being so helpful? <laughs> like, what, you know, is it, we, we'd like to think that it's just like how you're supposed to be, but it goes way deeper than that. So, yeah. So when you went, so did you study the Enneagram before you became a relationship coach or which one came first? The Enneagram definitely came first. Um, so I was deep in research and trainings, workshops. Um, the education was like over a decade. And then uh, my best friend and I, we started a podcast originally called God Bless the Enneagram. It's like a tongue-in-cheek name. Um, and we both at that time were, were like, we want everyone to know about this. <laughs> you know, like we talk about it all the time. Um it always comes up in conversation and it really helped the both of us in our own lives. So that's when I took the coaching route. Yeah. About five years ago. How did it, how did it help you in your life? Um, so I, I kind of explain, um, knowing my type felt like a diagnosis and mm -hmm. I know that's like a kind of a strong word to say, but it really felt like, so, you know, sometimes you're going to the doctors and you're like, there's this pain, I don't know where it's coming from. And there can be such a frustration on the journey just to understand like, what the hell is it? And, um, then they tell you, this is what it is. And even if it's like, like not the best news, at least you have something to work with, <laughs> And so, um, it has definitely helped like, like back then I was like, okay, I feel like I can work with this now and try to understand myself better and to help my relationships. Cause as a two, it's like, that's the main focus. Um, whereas like, for example, like a one might be like, oh, I'm always frustrated all the time or something. It just, it's, it just, um, filtrates through, your relationships to yourself first and then, you know, work goals, all of it. So, so interesting. I, I'm curious then tell me more about like why you chose to get into a relationship, being a relationship coach specifically, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but a breakup yeah. relationship coach. 
Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, when I had, when we were um, doing the podcast, I was in a relationship, I think at that point around six, seven years, and I knew I needed to get out. And with all the work that I've done, like the inner work and with, with the Enneagram, with the therapist, um, it was like, just, it was time. And so I called off that engagement and, uh, it kind of catapulted me into this, like, this feels like my life's work. It feels like all my karma, all my growth has always happened in these romantic relationships. And, um, everyone tells you like, there's so many, uh, so much information out there about how to date, although that's like a totally different topic, but like, there's so much information about how to get into a relationship and like how to, how to create a healthy relationship. No one's really talking about how to exit, like when it's actually done and how to do so, so that it's not so traumatizing or, um, there doesn't always have to be a villain, right. Or, or a victim. Um, and so I wanted my work to reflect not just what I had learned, but also this like kind of pioneering a new way. A lot of people will call it like conscious uncoupling. Um, and I feel like that term still hasn't necessarily sat well with people, <laughs> but essentially I feel like letting go is really difficult for me. It's one of the most difficult things. And so I've just, you know, helping other people do it as well. Mm, I love that. I think I could have used that several times <laughs> in mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. Most of us, like even with a job or a friend, like letting Mm -hmm. go is hard. Yeah. So when you are actually coaching someone, do you bring, I'm assuming that you bring their Enneagram into it as far as helping them to let go and move on from a relationship. And how does that, how does that look typically? Yeah. Most of my clients already know their Enneagram type. Um, I think um, I built my community just solely on the Enneagram before sort of pivoting. So most of them already know their Enneagram, but um, even if they don't, we work through that. And it's very helpful to know their Enneagram type because we know what they're motivated by, what those core desires and fears are. Um, So when you're talking about like a transition out of a relationship, it's going to look a lot different for a two um, as opposed to like a seven. And so there's already these tools in place to help them navigate that. Would you say that there's a number that has an easier time letting go and a numbers that have a harder time? <laughs> um, I think uh, probably the number five, the observer, they're not, they're, they're very cerebral and not very uh, connected to their emotions. And so it's not necessarily that it's easier for them because they definitely go through their own stages of grief. It just doesn't look as emotional as we kind of perceive it. Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Which one would you say has the most difficult time? I would say definitely twos, definitely twos and nines because there's this, um, we're, we're very people like others focused. And so it could be really hard to kind of like step back into themselves and like see the forest for the trees. Yeah. No, I love, that's a really great, it is. It's such an interesting way. I also took the test with my husband several years back and it does help you to, to understand um, your partner. And like you said, what they're motivated by and, and maybe what like lights their fire and in their fuse. Um, what kind of tips? So do you help people when they are getting into healthy relationships or are you specifically focused on the exiting of the relationship? Yeah. So the, the client continuum, let's call it is like, I work with people who are, uh, in relationships that they know, like this is, this is done. This is toxic. It's unhealthy, or it's just like ran its course. Okay. Um, and then I work with people who are also like in the midst of the breakup or, or the divorce. Um, and then I also have clients who are post breakup and divorce, but they are wanting to now like work on themselves and get into a secure, healthy relationship. So there's a bit of dating in there. Um, but 
it is, yeah, kind of like from start to finish, pre <laughs> post. Yeah, it's like a cycle, right? Until yeah. they're, because we were actually just talking about this where, you know, how to be curious in your relationship. So even when you are with someone, you know, and this isn't necessarily like you want to end the relationship with them. What's a platonic relationship, romantic, but staying invested to see it out. Like what are some of your tips then this is kind of a two-parter, but first off for getting into a healthy relationship, like the work on yourself before you get into the relationship. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) you definitely want to have a certain level of self-awareness just so that you know what you're bringing in the good and the bad, um, the strengths, the weaknesses and finding another person who's also, uh, up to doing the work because relationships are beautiful, but they're difficult. And, um, finding someone who is, uh, aware of their own strengths, their own weaknesses, and who are invested in like, okay, let's, let's do this together because most of us, whatever it is that we're, um, trying to heal, right. Whether it be like an abandonment issue or, um, just finding someone on your level. Um, once you get into the relationship, you're going to be triggered. doesn't matter how healed you are. (laughs) And so you just want to make sure that there's someone on that other end that's like willing to walk through you, walk through you, walk through with you um, when that happens. And then the second part of that, where more of your focus, it sounds like is, is how, what are your tips then for exiting a relationship, you know, peacefully and um, Mm -hmm. in a healthy way? Yeah. So this is where it gets like very complex because most of the time one person doesn't want to, right. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of, a lot of the resources that one has to kind of gather is, um, just believing that their decision is it's going to be okay either way. And that's really hard to reconcile with when you're in the midst of it. Um, but I always say there are definitely questions to ask when you are sort of contemplating it or thinking like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Um, or like we keep trying, but nothing seems to work. Um, I give clients like, um, like a list of questions to kind of dig deeper. Okay. I have a third part that I thought of, uh, because I feel like if someone is listening to this right now and they're trying to decide whether they should be working with someone who's a relationship coach and working on helping to exit the relationship, how would, so, or I don't know if there's like a question you would give them or an exercise, but if someone's trying to decide, should I see this relationship through, should I be investing my energy in it? Or is this something that like, I really do need to just put an end to and move forward. What kind of guidance would you give to someone in trying to navigate that? One of the questions I will ask a client is like, or a potential client even, is imagine that you're either like, let's say you're not married yet, or that's kind of like what, where the, where the goal for you is. Imagine that you're at your wedding. What is everyone around talking about? Like in terms of your story and like, what are the, like when people are making toasts, what are they saying about it? What are they saying about you and you as a couple? most often the person in like in a bad relationship, let's say, or a relationship that's like ready to end, they're like, Oh God, you know, Mm. (laughs) because there's a lot of issues there and they can't even imagine what would be said. So that's kind of like, like severe part, but even if like you are married and you're contemplating it, same kind of um, thing. Like if everybody, your friends, family were in the room with you both, what would be said about the relationship? Would people like, what, what would they say? And usually you already know, and it's not so much, it's like bridging the gap between if you're already thinking about it, it's bridging a gap between really reconciling with like, I think it's time and how to do that. And most people don't, like I was saying, like, we we're not taught how to do that. Nice. And then you involve children or like businesses, like the more enmeshed it is, the more complicated it gets or the more complex it gets. So yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's interesting because, because we're not taught, our models are generally 
like if your parents get a divorce, it's generally not like the most pleasant experience for the kids, unless you're Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin and really, you know, start coining that term of conscious uncoupling, which, yeah, you know, is a great thing. But yeah, I think most of our modeling is not, we don't see breakups in the best light. No, no, not at all. So we hold on for dear life. <laughs> right. Do you have overall generalizations and maybe this is too much of a generalization, but of certain Enneagrams that are, you know, it's kind of like when you look at it or, you know, you know what I'm asked that are like better yeah. together. And then once you're like, Ooh, they're a Pisces. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know why I said Pisces, but are you Pisces, Katie? No, you're not Pisces. No, I'm a Virgo. I don't know why I'm a oh, darn it. You're I was, was going to say, let me try to guess. Katie. Oh, dang. Oh. <laughs> um, I love astrology. So like, I love all archetypal systems, but astrology is one that I absolutely love. Um, yeah. So like you're asking, are there certain types that might be better suited with like certain yes, types? Yeah. And the ones that are like, stay away. <laughs> I um, so the, like the overall general rule, of course, is always like, as long as both people are willing to make it work. Great. And I, and I have seen that I've seen, like, if you take the two very emotional, you take the five very cerebral disconnected, maybe from their emotions, it might go, you might say, oh gosh, like, don't do that. You're not going to get your needs met there. Um, Mm -hmm. But when we usually see opposites attracting so much, it's because there's so much potential growth. And I have found with, um, I've never been with a five romantically, but the fives in my life, uh, they bring so much (laughs) stability and like grounding. Um, And I'm able to to access a lot of more critical thinking. And for them, they're able to like understand emotions on a more deeper level for them. So, um, but I will say we did do a podcast episode a long time ago and my favorite types together, I, I think I said a three and an eight, that's like the power couple. Um, and a, a nine and a seven would do really well. Um, they're very like positive focused. Um, and then like a two and a, and a six, maybe. Yeah. Very loyal, loving couple. I feel like as a nine, a seven would exhaust me. Like I, (laughs) aren't they kind of like the party, like the life of the party? (laughs) Yeah. So they are, yeah, they're the, one of their names is like the enthusiast. Um, and so they are very adventurous. They are like, go, go, go. Uh, but sometimes nines, if they don't have a very strong one wing, they, they want to go with the flow. They don't want to like necessarily plan, make decisions, like all that just, so the seven kind of doing it all, they're like, okay, you know? <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it I, would be exhausting. That would be one of the challenges. I think my, my best friend, is married to a seven and he's wonderful, but I would be tired. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I read that you shouldn't take the tests online to find your number. Do you agree with that? And then if you do, do you have a specific way people should kind of discover what their Enneagram is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not really big on roles, like, especially when it comes to this, um, I'm like efficient. Like, can I just take a test? Tell me what I am. (laughs) I don't, you know, um, however, when it does come to the Enneagram there, it does take a lot more tests cannot test for motivation. So Mm. it's a good place to start. You take the test. It'll give you like maybe your top three numbers. And then, Oh, I always suggest looking through reading through all the types and it's still, still exploring, Um, Some people will just know right away instinctively. And then other people will be like, well, I don't know. Like, I feel like this number, they'll they'll be like kind of tied between two. Um, And it just takes a little bit more excavating into like why each one. And yeah, but not just, not just my book, but there's another one. There's the Enneagram and you. And then there's another one that a lot of people love as an intro book to kind of understand 
which type they might be. Um, and I believe it's called The Road Back to You by Suzanne Stabile, who's like, they call the godmother of the Enneagram. <laughs> um, and uh, she just has, she just, I don't know if you guys heard it, but she did a, um, an interview with Glennon Doyle on her podcast. And it's a two-parter and it's it's great. If you're trying to figure out your Enneagram type, like definitely listen to that. Nice. Yeah. I heard that one. That was, it was a good one for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that was the book that I, I think it was that one or it was the one she co-wrote with another a gentleman. And that was the one that kind of broke down the numbers. And I was kind of on the fence what I was until I started reading it to my husband. He's like, you're a nine, <laughs> but his was so clearly a one. His was just like, he hit every everything on the one for when I was reading it off to him I feel like his he was just like wow I've never heard something <laughs> so specific to me <laughs> and you said like you're not a big rule person but do you find that people's numbers generally do not change or do they sometimes shift and what can usually um maybe cause that shift to happen yeah so I think that if someone's number has, someone's type has changed, it was probably because they were just mistyped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but if they want to say that it's changed, okay, it's changed. You know, I'm not <laughs> going to tell them no, um, but typically, yeah. And I mean, there's still times, I mean, I'm like, I don't know, maybe 12, 13 years in and there's times when I'm like, I must be a nine. You know, like I must be a nine, um, but no, the motivation always is pretty, it just sticks. What is the most common and rarest Enneagram? Okay. Well, I heard Suzanne Stabile say um, the rarest was the four. So what's the four again? The four is the romantic, the artist, the individualist. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll go with what she says. Um, she's been doing it for 30 years. I will uh, honor her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I, and I also believe, um, that the six is the most, the most common. Yeah. What, six it's, again? Six is the loyalist. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the most common. That's great. Yeah. Or yeah. I like to call them the loyal skeptic. Yeah. So is there some like contradictory behaviors they have? <laughs> oh, interesting. It's interesting because when you hear these, you do start to like identify people in your life who you think. Oh, yeah. Think number. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, the other rule, like don't type people, um, but you can't help it. You're like, oh, I think I think Sally's a sick. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's not judgment. It's curiosity. You're like, I'm curious about huh. what they might, might be. Maybe. I'm not judging, but I'm. <laughs> forming my own thoughts yes totally I had one question that I really wanted to ask you and now I'm trying to I, I got so into that and then you mentioned horoscopes and now I can't stop thinking about is there oh. like when you want to talk about, let's talk about horoscopes oh, yeah. astrology. Um, <laughs> or astrology um do you find that certain signs match up with certain numbers like if you yes. know Katie just told you Virgo could yeah. you tell based one that you know the other then most likely yes yeah, so i i have i have a gift no i'm not really a gift but <laughs> no let's say you have a gift yeah <laughs> of like guessing people's signs um or at least getting the top three somewhere somewhere in there so like the sun the moon or your rising sign um and just knowing what katie does for a living would tell me a lot of information so the fact that she was a nine, I would say she probably does have a strong one wing and, um, ones and threes have Virgo energy. Um, definitely like high, high Virgo energy, like lots of organization planning, all those things. So, yeah. Um, and there was something else I was going to add to that. Oh, your sign. So you haven't told me your sign yet. Yeah. But maybe something we can do at the end where like, because I'm still, I'm still thinking about it. Processing. <laughs> yeah. Not judging, but forming your own curious idea. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you can tell me anything that I can say that might help you too. Mm -hmm. 
better understand or you're quietly like, hmm, I'm taking notes in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that my like Virgo energy and my laid back, like go with the flow energy didn't like really go together. But then I learned more about my, and this is just getting too deep, but I'm also a Virgo North node. And Mm -hmm. so I know that that is kind of my, my karma in this life is to lean into that Virgo energy mm-hmm. That's how I understand it. So it makes more sense to me. It's hard for me, that kind of structured, I like it, but also I kind of am resistant to it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think like the, um, if you're Virgo North node, I think your South node might be Scorpio. I feel like. Um, I'm not, don't, yeah, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling, um, cause they're, they're always like the opposite of the sign. Um, so yeah, Virgos definitely like they could look very cool, calm and collected on the outside. And like internally, it's just, there's like buzzing. Yeah. I am a Scorpio rising and Scorpio moon. Oh, Katie. I feel like yep. there's a lot of intensity happening. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and but then I have that nine to kind of like chill me out. Yeah. <laughs> I say this on probably every other podcast. I love getting to know Katie more through the like I love getting to know our guests. I feel like I always learn something new about, about Katie. Katie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you Do know what's your sign? Love. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, what's your sign? um so I'm a Libra and my moon is in Virgo and my uh rising is Gemini all right yeah and what does all that say um so so Libras are an air sign um they're ruled by Mercury which is like we love to communicate and talk so does Gemini so I have like both those things going on and then like in the middle I have my Virgo which is like my moon and the moon is all about like internal feelings and like where we like to get our needs met so I'm like big on comfort and um thank god there's like some earth because it's an earth sign so it like stabilizes me a little bit uh because I mean through my 20s I was like flighty and like spontaneous and, um, and then like the Virgo kicked in, in my thirties. I was like, okay, we need to calm down, like get your shit together. (laughs) And yeah. So. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. So I have a game. I hope it's fun. Um, and then we have a couple more questions that we always ask our guests. Yeah. Uh, and if you're like, I don't want to talk about the Enneagram anymore, then totally understand this, but it's called name that Enneagram. We could even mm. name that sign. If you would rather yeah. say what the sign is, okay. um, or just like maybe habits that people might have or situations. Um, I had my husband help me with some of these. So it's yeah. so kind of funny. Um, but let's start off with the one who is the most likely to want extra love cuddles, kisses. <laughs> okay. It's probably a two. A two. Yeah. Okay. The helper. Is that the two? Yeah. Um, I also, I'm looking at this one. I also looked up ones. It was like, a. I looked up an Enneagram game and it was, uh, qualities or characteristics of babies with their Enneagram. Oh, funny. Yeah. So this one is more of a baby one, but I think you could also do it for an adult does well with independent play or being solo. Yeah. Independent player solo would probably be, um, like a five or a seven or even an eight okay yeah um five is the katie you've gotten like so good at these the observer right the cerebral yeah 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 um most likely to leave the party early like houdini out of there oh a nine for sure a nine or or Okay. And they're going to like sneak or out. Or a five. Or a five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I snuck that one in there knowing that it was me most likely to leave the party early. You did. Yeah. That one. And then life of the party. I feel like you already listed it. Is that seven? Life of the party, I would say, would be either a seven or, or a three. Threes can definitely be the life of the party. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, most likely have FOMO if they weren't invited. Oh, for sure. A seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, most likely to show up habitually late. <laughs> Probably a nine. Okay. All right. Probably a nine. But, you know, if they have a strong one wing, maybe not. Um, but maybe also a seven. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that makes me feel better that my number was not mentioned because I'm late to everything. <laughs> I'm going to guess three. <laughs> I know, right? Threes. I was going to say about being habitually late that maybe it's nines, but not if they're a Virgo. Yep. Not if they're a Virgo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're showing up early. Yeah. This might be too specific and maybe like all of the Enneagrams would be this, but go to a Harry Styles concert. Is that specific? <laughs> That's probably too specific, but I, I, I would just right away say like a three, a seven, and maybe like a six. Just because they want to be like out. They like to socialize and engage. Yes. And, and threes usually tend to be trendy. So like if there's something trendy about it, then I would assume they would want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Um, what about <laughs> Beyond the Bachelor? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a great one. I I would say probably two or three, more so three. Like whenever I'm watching those types of shows, um, my favorite one is Love is Blind. Yes. I love typing those the yeah. people. Yeah. And there, there's so many threes. So many threes. Yeah. Is there like Okay. So I guess on love is blind. You don't really have winners because they get to choose. I, or I guess you could ask this, is there a type of Enneagram that's more successful on those shows that you've noticed? That is a really great question. I would, I would say that threes would probably do really well just because, you know, one of their names is the performer. And so there's sort of this, like, and they're, they can be very competitive. Um, mm -hmm. and they want to like, yeah, they want to win. So yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't even care if I get love at the end. I just want to win. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Katie, were there someone here that you specifically wanted to ask? I have a huge list, and I know we won't get through all of them. <laughs> I don't think I've even read all of these. I read most of them, but did you just add more to it? Gosh, well, yeah, Luke's. <laughs> I'm reading through some of the ones that my husband sent, and it, this one's like, I just have to read you this because I don't understand yeah. it. Um, be totally down if you called and said, pack a bag for warm weather. I'll be over in an hour. Oh, so like a spontaneous <laughs> trip. Oh, yeah. yeah. A seven. A seven. A seven. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he had a part two to this freak out because it, there wasn't enough time to plan for something like this. Um, A Virgo. A Virgo. <laughs> Is that you, Katie? <laughs> Do you need more time? Mm -hmm. I well, I, you spontaneous. Know, I'm spontaneous too. Yeah. I think like, um, something about nines that I I've, I've seen a lot is that they don't like to be rushed. Like no one likes to be rushed, but mm -hmm. it could make a nine very anxious or like angry. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Okay. I'll give you a couple more. Are these like kind of, I'm like, I don't want to make your brain hurt. Um, but I think no. it's fun to like, hear what you have to say uh who is the most likely to jump out of a plane probably a seven because they they just want all the life experiences um but I can also see like a three and an eight doing that as well the three seven and eights are the most um outwardly um assertive okay I feel well, like I, I know how you're going to answer this just because you said something trends in three um get out the pumpkin spice latte in august would that be a three or who would you characterize that as um i guess i guess probably like a seven or a three again yeah yeah what about uh win at the science fair like take the blue Ooh. ribbon at a science fair yeah like a child probably i guess it would five. be a kid okay yeah. Oh yeah. Five. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get one. That's like, makes you really have to think, um, <laughs> oh, most likely to show up early. A one, a one. Okay. We haven't heard a lot about one. Yeah. Um, a one or a six, 
Oh, okay. And six hasn't been playing a lot either. I feel like a lot of these, like my husband's a seven and I'm a three. And I feel like when we were coming up with these, they were very like characteristics that we think. We yeah. Yeah. Um, Seven and three is, is a very popular or very common um, romantic pairing for sure. Because you guys are both, yeah, and you guys are both like future focused, like mm -hmm. to, you know, like plan for things. And mm -hmm. you guys like to have, like, you guys like stimulation. So, like, always something going on, um, pack schedules, things like that. Yeah. Yes. I'd say it's probably more me than him, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh, I feel, um, what about make, I'll do the last one, make the best doctor. Oh, a one. Oh. So yeah, Suzanne Stabile talked about this on, on, um, Glennon Doyle's and she was saying like, if I had to have brain surgery done, I'm going to find a one dot. I'm not going to have it done until I find a type one doctor. <laughs> yeah. That's a Let new me... form, like questionnaire you have to put on your form. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they're the perfectionists. So yeah, if you're going to have something like that done, you want someone who's a perfectionist. Katie, did you want to add any others? No, I think we got them. I, I like those. That was fun. That was your best game yet. Oh, really? They, you, yesterday I had a really good one. Um, we interviewed dope, the founders of dope. Um, and we played dope or dumb. That was fun too. Oh, that's fun. All right. I'm getting better at them. Um, are you from around here? By the way, I was going to ask you where you were from. Um, I'm a, well, I live in Meridian, but I'm, um, originally from, uh, California, Los Angeles. Oh, okay. I meant to ask you that at the beginning. Okay. We always ask our guests two last questions. Um, one of those being, what are you currently manifesting for you? And then what are your hopes for the future womeness? I feel like most of the time there's this, um, just wanting to be content. <laughs> um, so like when I think about manifesting, um, there's like, there's the like call for like, what am I grateful for at the moment? Um, and then what do I want more of? So currently I would say, um, just for life to slow down a little bit mm, in a yeah. real gentle way, like not like an abrupt stop, but just some, you know, some like, I don't know, some peace and calm. That's I've been wanting more ease in my life. Like I don't need things to be easy. I just right. need a little bit of space to catch your breath. Yeah. 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 Uh, what are your future hopes for, or hopes for the future womeness? Hmm. I love when women are, um, like unabashedly themselves, like when they take up a lot of space and it used to trigger me, uh, years ago, cause it, it just didn't seem like the thing you're supposed to do. Um, but I think, gosh, in the last five years, I just love when a woman is like just taking up all that space as much as she wants without apology. Yeah. I love that. That's such a powerful theme. They said the same thing. Yesterday's theme was like, they've been told that they were too much their whole life, that they were taking up too much space. And, um, and they're like, we just want women to, to take up space. And I think that we are creating a generation, a generational shift in that, which is really awesome. And thanks to women like you. So thank you for creating that space, you know, with how women show up in their bodies and in their relationships and, you know, you're, thank you're doing the work to get there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to share? Um, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ginagomez.co. Uh, I talk a lot about relationships, the Enneagram, attachment theory. Um, and you can also find my book, wherever books are sold, uh, the Enneagram and you. And uh, yeah, I started a TikTok, but like, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I don't wait. <laughs> Tell us more because I'm exhausted with social media, but I also feel like you have to keep up with it. So what do you like about it? And what, what do you, where are you yeah. at with it right now? So I've been on social media. I've been a business owner for 20, 20 years plus, and I've been on social media for so long. Um, right now, my relationship with it is that I don't like to complain about it because I wouldn't have a business. <laughs> 
so I love it. And I, I, I love that it also keeps my, um, like the, the mental gymnastics that you have to, have to <laughs> you have to do because it changes so rapidly. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of gratitude I have for it there. I've also met some amazing people. Um, and I just think that, um, although it is, it, it, I do believe that it is, it can be very toxic. Um, it's just like, it's part of the job. And so, yeah, managing my, my guess, managing myself more so than the social media can't do anything about it. It's not going anywhere. Well, and your social media is very like aesthetically relaxing to look at too. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yes. Like yeah. I feel like it's easy to navigate. It makes me want to hang around. So you're doing a, a really good job. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I just recently worked with a brand strategist and I told her, I said, these women are coming and men are coming into this with like very complex emotions. I want the feeling that their nervous system is just like relaxed, you know, nothing's like visually accosting them. <laughs> But it's also funny, like you had a post about something like a post breakup urge to adopt, like however many cats. Yeah. 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 I like there to be humor. Um, I, yeah, I like to, I think I could lean into that a little bit more, but, um, yeah. You have a master class coming up, correct? Do you want to? I do. Yeah. So the master class will take place on September 6th. Um, and so if it comes out afterwards, I may have the replay available for purchase. Um, but it's all about learning how to create really secure connections, especially when you're dating, um, and not to fall for, you know, these people's potential, (laughs) but instead falling for who they really are. Um, and I think, Gosh, like in, again, in my twenties, I was all about people's potential, you know, men's potential was like, I was falling in love with it left and right. Um, and it did, it took, it took a lot to learn how to accept people for who they are. Um, so that's what the masterclass is going to be about. Lots of tips and tools with that and practices. And it also going to come, uh, with a workbook. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that we include that in our show notes too, just so people can be directed there. But thank you so much for taking time to be here. I know that your schedule is busy and we just appreciate you being here and being present with us. You are just a joy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was fun. I loved the game. Okay. Yay. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll do a round two and we'll, come, we'll have our whole team put together scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Thank Bye, you. Gina. Bye. One, two. Hey, Womenists, thanks for being a part of our community and listening to this episode of the Womenists Podcast. Here at Womenists, we are committed to growing and evolving as a community together. If you found this episode brought value to your life, share it with a Womenists who empowers you. And while you're at it, help other Womenists find this podcast by giving it a like, subscribing, and leaving a review. You can also find additional resources and opportunities to connect with Womenists by subscribing to our newsletter linked in the show notes, as well as on our Instagram, Womenists Community. Until next time, be good to yourself and be good to others. We'll see you at the next episode of the Womenists Podcast.